My friends, it is good to be uh, back home again after my, uh, I'll never take a vacation this late, my Christmas vacation, uh, but I did get to go to an extraordinary, beautiful place with my mom and my sisters. You can read about it in the bulletin. I got to go uh, to Hawaii. Um, it was fun. Uh, it was a great time, but I'm uh, super glad to uh, be back. But before I left, super busy, I, uh, I like to look several weeks out in advance, just see where the Lord is bringing us, where the church in her uh, uh, liturgical cycle is bringing us, because it all is part of this, part of this beautiful mosaic. And before I left, I just uh, got a little chuckle and to see uh, God's hand in all of this with today's readings, because not this past vacation, but a previous one, my mom uh, gave me the timeshare so I could go with some of my priest buddies. And while we were in Hawaii several years ago, uh, I received one of, uh, one of my really the greatest, uh, one of the greatest uh, graces uh, in my priesthood. I got to travel to the island of Molokai. And I got to visit uh, the uh, leper Kali there. I uh, received an extraordinary grace I was allowed to celebrate Holy Mass on the altar used by Saint uh, Damien of Molokai. I got to walk the same grounds where he and another extraordinary saint, Sister Saint uh, Marianne Cope, uh, ministered uh, heroically to the men, women, and children who suffered with this terrible disease. Leprosy is really a very horrible, horrible disease. You know, we know it to be an infection whose symptoms include ulcers on the skin. We hear about these rashes in today's first reading from the book of Leviticus. The infection damages nerve endings, we know, causing the extremities become numb, reducing sensation of touch in those who have this terrible disease. A person suffering from leprosy, well, they can't feel their fingers oftentimes, or their toes, or their feet. Oftentimes, in fact, they would even damage uh, or wound themselves without even knowing it. They would cut or hurt themselves, causing perhaps a, a, an infection to set in, uh, perhaps bringing on gangrene, or in terrible cases, even amputation. Yet as bad as these physical symptoms are, and they are certainly horrible, the social effects of leprosy may be even worse. The leper skin sores were often grotesque, of, of course, but they were also highly contagious. Society was afraid, of, naturally so, that leprosy would spread throughout their community. So those suffering with leprosy were isolated from society. They were outcasts, forced to live outside the city, forced to live on separate islands, like this island of Molokai, forced to live in the shadows, cut off from human contact, cut off from love and acceptance, cut off from family and friends, alone, forced to wear a bell around their waist, to announce their presence, as we hear today, even to yell out, unclean, unclean, so as to not infect the clean. Leprosy was 
a terrible, terrible disease. Thankfully, scientists have discovered a cure. We no longer have to fear leprosy as we once did. God certainly knew that uh, the human person would uh, discover a cure for this terrible disease. So why inspire the Holy Spirit to inspire Mark and others to record this healing? Why record any of these uh, stories of lepers? Well, perhaps and no doubt because in scripture, leprosy is often used as a metaphor for sin. And thankfully, we have a cure for sin too. God became flesh and he dwells among us. He gave us a remedy for sin in the divine person of Jesus Christ. He gave us a remedy for sin in a baptismal font in the back of our church. He gave, gives us a remedy for sin over and over again in our lives in the sacrament of mercy right over there in our confessional. These sacraments are signs, they're symbols of the leper's story in today's gospel. You know, there are many parallels really between leprosy and sin. Like leprosy, sin starts out as an invisible infection. Then as we know, it slowly dominates our life. Like leprosy, sin begins hidden, but eventually it becomes, it causes a sinner to become deformed ugly, we become numb. Sin makes us numb to the abundance of life, numb to the abundance of God's grace. And we become dull and unfeeling. Like leprosy, we know this firsthand, sin isolates us from each other. It cuts us off from others. We become selfish. Sin causes us to turn in on ourselves. We end up alone with our addiction, alone with our sin, alone with our poor selves. Perhaps we think that our sin is private, but we are wrong. In reality, it's obvious to everyone. We have an invisible bell really around our soul, announcing our approach, unclean, unclean. It is clear to everyone. Sin, when it's grave, when it's very serious, can even completely cut us off from the Lord and can lead to spiritual death. But again, and thankfully, there is good news. We now have a cure for the terrible disease of leprosy, but we also have a cure for sin. Jesus is the cure. Jesus heals us by faith. Jesus heals us in and through the sacraments. He heals us through his abundance offering of forgiveness. You know, in this first reading from Levit Leviticus, and Jesus refers to this really in the gospel, he says lepers are to report and show themselves to the priest. It's a prefiguration of the sacrament of penance. It's a prefiguration of the sacrament of mercy. God is mercy. He is very merciful. He knew we would sin after our baptism. He knew that we need another means to be reconciled with him. It is, after all, in the sacrament of penance that Jesus stretches his hand out to us like he did on the cross when he stretched out his hands to receive the nails that won our salvation. He stretched out his hands 
to merit the grace that saves and heals us. Before he did all of that, he stretched out his hand to touch the leper in today's gospel. And after he did all this, he stretches his hand over and over out to touch each of us through the sacraments. There is such intimacy being described here in today's gospel. For like in the gospel, perhaps the first time the leper had been touched in years, he desires to reach out and touch all of us. The gospel tells us that Jesus is moved with pity. He's moved with compassion, compassion, with passion. He desires to be with and in our suffering. And we see that he did this so beautifully in today's gospel. He entered into this man's suffering. He entered into his leprosy, and in a certain sense, he became a leper. This leper began isolated as an outcast. He ends the story in the middle of the city, explain, expressing, even though he was told not to, expressing God's goodness. Meanwhile, Jesus starts off in the city, but he ends up in the gospel. Impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in a deserted place. Jesus took this man's place as he takes our place. Jesus is moved with pity for all of us. He's moved with compassion. He desires to enter into our suffering as well. He desires and has taken our place. He suffered for our sins, and he desires to, uh, to continue to be an instrument of his, of, our, of his grace, to continue to take our place. My friends, we are entering into the desert. Our Lenten journeys begin on Wednesday. We're going to learn a lot about ourselves, I think, in the next 40 plus days. For Jesus always, but I think especially and very intensely during our Lenten journeys and preparation for Easter graces, he invites us into the life of the most holy trinity. He invites us to live in gratitude, despite whatever circumstance, whatever suffering we might be dealing with, he invites us into gratitude. He invites us to pray, to fast, and to almsgiving. And he invites us to now, uh, now to minister to him in our neighbor by participating in the Bishop's Lenten appeal to, yes, to pray, to fast, and to give alms by helping our neighbor with his or her temporal and spiritual needs by sacrificially giving to the BLA. So now I invite all the ushers to come forward. We know the drill. I know some people tend to turn us off when the church uh, comes and asks for your financial gifts. But isn't this part of our journey as disciples? Hasn't it always been the journey of our discipleship? From the chosen people who are from the beginning asked to give 10%. We don't attach a number to it so much anymore, but we are, it is part of our sacrificial gift as disciples to give to the BLA. And so as your pastor, I first want to thank all of you who have already given to the 2024 BLA. We're at 18%. Please God, uh, we will get to our goal this year. But I thank you for those who have already given this year and for all of you who have given in past years. 
So I do ask the ushers to please come forward and pass out uh, the envelopes. The ministries and services funded by the BLA help our parish in its own pastoral work and are vital to thousands of people in need across our diocese. The Bishop's Lenten appeal is something that I strongly believe in. I strongly believe in the ministries that our diocese is involved in. Giving has been a large part of my uh, story as a disciple. But I also strongly believe that each of us should support the BLA. Every donation, no matter how small, is very, very important. The 2024 BLA theme, Behold, I Make All Things New, is shared with the theme for the third preparatory year of the Diocesan Jubilee. As you know, 2024, in August, we are celebrating our 50th anniversary. Our diocese in August will be 50 years young. And we continue to renew our desire to grow in our faith and bring others to greater faith in our Lord. Please know that all monies collected by the Bishop's Lenten Appeal are restricted to the programs, offices, and ministries that are described in the appeal materials. Many of these ministries and services help our parish as well. Our church, more than ever, needs to remain united so that together we may share the hope and love of Christ with everyone we encounter. I know since last Sunday, certainly perhaps before, you've been praying about uh, your sacrificial gift. But I now ask you to pause and reflect on how you can make a truly sacrificial pledge to this appeal to the best of your ability. I realize that each of us has different circumstances and the amount of our donation is unique to our own financial situation. However, we all have a responsibility as disciples to support our diocesan church through this appeal, to support our bishop and these ministries that are so important to so many. My goal is that we could achieve 100% participation from our, our parish to the BLA. As in past years, our diocese is blessed with a special challenge gift. So if you have given in the past, if you increase your gift, this generous donor will match your increase. If you have not given to the BLA in the past, 100% of this year's gift will be matched. The bishop has asked uh, that all the pastors of his diocese walk through the pledge process. I know it can be, seem tedious, but this is the most efficient way to do it. Or if you prefer, you can open up uh, the, uh, those envelopes. You can go to our uh, website. You can go to our bulletin, and there's a QR code. We're getting super fancy here in the church. And you can go right to the internet on your fancy phone. For those filling out a pledge card today with those golf pencils, please complete the section with your name, your spouse's name if applicable, your address and phone number, please also provide your email address. If you write clearly, I'm sure they would be super, super excited. If you have already contributed to the Bishop's Lenten Appeal by mail or online, thank you. Thank you very much. You got us 18%. Please, though, check that box in the center of the pledge envelope. And to avoid duplication of your pledge, 
please do not fill out any additional pledge information on the right side of that form. You've already given, just mark that in the box. If you have not already pledged by mail or online, you may make a one-time gift or a pledge now that can be paid through the year. Pledging is encouraged as it allows us to make a sacrificial gift that can be paid throughout the year. When you do make a pledge, you will receive monthly reminder statements until your pledge is paid in full. You may also, my friends, go online to make payments to your pledge. Please refer to the right side of the pledge envelope and check the box or write in the amount of your pledge or gift in the space provided. You know, I prayed about whether I should um, reveal this or not, but I think the Holy Spirit has asked me to. You know, we've not uh, made our goal in a number of years. Even though the bishop has lowered our target goal for the Bishop's Lenten Appeal a few years ago, we still are not making our goal. So I'm trying to lead by example. And I am going to make a gift of $5,000 to the Bishop's Lenten Appeal to try to get us to uh, that goal. We are a very generous parish. We believe in uh, it's uh, part of our essence here at St. Thomas Becket to serve the poor, to serve those in need. We believe in the church's mission. There is no reason why we should not make our goal. Maybe you've never been asked, but I'm asking you right now today to please prayerfully consider a sacrificial gift. Please now write the amount of your pledge on the total amount pledged line. If you wish to include a payment now, please write the amount of the payment on the amount enclosed line. Then subtract this amount from the total pledge amount and write the balance on the last line. Please check the appropriate box on the left if your payment enclosed is a check or a cash payment. You know, let me get back to my donation. I should have said, I recognize many cannot make that kind of donation. I'm in a very unique place. You guys give me a house to live in. You pay, uh, you will give me a house to live in eventually, right? Uh, you will pay for, you pay for my food, okay? I have very few expenses. You're very, very generous. I have a mom that gives me a timeshare in Hawaii. In fact, I got a credit card, 60,000 miles. You know, I flew there for free. I mean, I, I'm able to make this gift because I know I'm in a unique position. Many of you cannot make that kind of gift. But I also know that many of you can. Uh, many of you are truly blessed uh, with financial resources. The Lord has been very good. So if you want to make your pledge by credit card or direct debit, you may go to the Diocesan website or you may scan the QR code on the envelope to, to take you directly to the VLA's giving page. If you are not enclosing a payment now, please put a zero in the amount enclosed line and write in the balance to be paid amount on that line. And now please write, well, we have already stamped St. Thomas and Beckett in there. If you're a visitor, you can scratch that out. If you're a frequent visitor, maybe you want to uh, uh, support both St. Thomas and Beckett and maybe Catherine or Sienna, wherever else uh, you may attend on a re fairly regular basis as well. You can, you can, uh, I have foot, 
feet in both uh, parishes, but you can scratch it out if need be. Uh, it defaults to St. Thomas. Finally, on the front panel of the envelope, please write your name in the space provided. And now I ask the ushers to please come forward and collect your completed pledge envelopes. And on behalf of our, our wonderful bishop in my own name, on behalf of the many thousands of people that you will be helping with your sacrificial gift to the Bishop's Lenten Appeal, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Amen. <laughs>